Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 36 of Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg. A few quick announcements up front this week. We're just under two weeks away from the first official Delivery Crab tournament. So if you're in the Midwest, we want to see you in Brookfield, Wisconsin on July 7th. Details of this tournament can be found at deliverycrab.com slash tournaments. There you'll find the complete tournament schedule that we have so far, as well as details for these tournaments. Registration for the July 7th tournament is open now. In other news, the Lightseekers Kindred card reveals have started. So keep your eye out on Delivery Crab and other Lightseekers-related sites for some exciting card reveals over the next few weeks. Now moving on to this week's episode, I have another guest with me who is very excited about expanding the Lightseekers community. My guest this week is Alicia, and she is proving that Lightseekers truly is a game for all ages. Well, at conventions and such, you oftentimes just see a lot of 20 and 30-year-olds playing this game, but that's just because those are the folks who attend these conventions. But the truth of the matter is, Lightseekers is a game for the entire family. We've stated often that it is a very easy game to learn. It may be difficult to master, but it's easy to learn, which makes it very easy to teach the younger generation. And while Alicia is taking a lot of initiative in her local game stores, she's taken it one step further and started up a junior league. I don't want to spoil too much for you. I'll let her explain it. So let's get into the interview. Welcome to the show, Alicia. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing very well. So you've been actually, how long have you kind of been in the Lightseekers community? I would say it's probably been about three or four months. Okay. Wow. That, that That's actually not a super long time. I know the game hasn't been out for too long, maybe a year around this point, but that that's that's surprising given what you've the, the the progress that you've made so far. But before we get into your your Lightseekers history, I always like to dive back a little bit and talk about your gaming history. Where where did you get your start with games? Did you play a lot of games growing up? Is it something you you got into later in life? Tell us about it. Well, essentially, I would say that I've been a gamer all my life. When I was a kid, my father actually did D and D. Okay. So like a normal Saturday kind of night for us was like playing D&D. Wonderful. So even when we were younger, um, my dad always did Dungeon Master and we always kind of, you know, went through little campaigns and stuff and they were real short for like an evening. But that's how we, you know, did stuff. Um, I always played console games growing up. Um, And then in 1994, I picked up Magic the Gathering. Um, (laughs) My cousin taught me how to play that. Okay. And I went kind of into Magic and I would play some local tournaments and stuff as I was growing up, more, mostly in my teen years. However, when I was about 22 years old, my magic cards all got so, stolen. Oh. So I just couldn't pick it up after that. It was just like, it was just too much to get back into it. Sure. Um, however, I did play stuff like console games. I played PC games, uh, Diablo 3, Star Trek, you know, or StarCraft, kind okay. of all those things. So. Yeah, you, you've been around the block a few times, sounds like. so. <laughs> You do have some experience with TCGs then. Yes. Is that kind of what got you back, got you into Lightseekers in the first place? Kind of wanted to scratch that itch or what was it that 
about Lightseekers that caught your eye? I actually stumbled upon it during the Toys R Us kind of closing down. Okay. I was in there with my girls trying to look for some stuff maybe that they would like, you know, and then I, I saw it. The first thing that caught my eye was the action figures mm-hmm. and that I thought at first they were Skylanders. <laughs> but then when I looked at them, they were like too big. Yeah. So I went over and looked a little closer and saw these cards. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I was reading the package. And I went, you know what? I'm going to go check this out when I get home. Sure. So I took a picture of it on my phone so I'd remember what the name of it was, went home and looked it up and watched some of the um, videos that Lightseekers has on their website on how the game plays. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is actually pretty simple game style to play and to learn. But I read some of the cards and stuff and I was checking it out. And I was like, you know what? This seems really interesting. So I think it hit onto that nostalgia of having done all the Magic the Gathering that I did when I was younger. And now that I have two girls and I saw that, you know, maybe this is something that they're about the right age as what I was. Yeah, absolutely. And I picked it up and I was like, you know, this is something we could do together. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's something that Lightseekers does have going for it because originally, especially with the action figures and such, they were aiming at that younger demographic. And so mm-hmm. even a lot of the the artwork and stuff on the cards kind of was toned down to that level as well. You're not going right. to get anything, you know, super racy or anything. And so I think that works out well that it started to attract a lot of families. And you you still do get your 20, 30 somethings that that are hardcore into the TCGs that realize this this can be a deep game. But we're seeing that a lot of families and and other groups are getting into this because it was originally aimed at the younger demographic. And I yeah, I totally agree with that. It's the cards are wonderful. I think the artwork's great. Um, it still has that complexity to it, mm-hmm. though. It kind of reminds me even as to how Magic the Gathering was back in 1994. Sure, it wasn't 20 million th- abilities that you need a small little book there to try and figure <laughs> out what the heck you're doing with it. So it's pretty straightforward. The cards read exactly what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. and But the turn play is simple. So yeah. I can actually teach it to a multi-range of ages, um, in which I actually have. I've taught older people. I've taught younger people. I've taught people my age who are you know in their 30s and 20s. So it's it's simple enough to follow, but people can still get into that deepness of the, of the different setups for their strategies. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's, that's, I mean, to use the cliche phrase, you know, easy to learn, difficult to master, but that, that, that just fits light seekers so well. Yes. So you have been busy in the light seekers community as I mean, like I said, just the past three or four months, what was the first thing you tried to do, like tried to organize within the community? Well, um, when I picked the game up and I kind of got online to the, um, the light seekers thing, I did see the visionary program, Mm -hmm. which is nice because you get to earn little points for going and doing demonstrations and stuff like that towards, um, exclusive kind of swag for yourself. And when I was looking, I didn't see anywhere to play around me. Sure. So where I was located at first. So and and considering it was a new game, I was like, oh, that makes sense. So I checked into the visionary program. I signed up for it. And then I just started contacting the local game shops by me and asking them if they had even heard of the game. Do they carry the game (laughs) and what time their open plays were? Yeah. And so I would just 
ask them straight out, would you mind if I come and demonstrate this for you guys? Or, you know, can I come in open play or whatever? And they were, they were, you know, accepting of it. Some of them blew me off, <laughs> but for the most part, um, they've been accepting. There's a couple shops here that actually had heard of the game. They just hadn't picked it up yet. Mm-hmm. So I went there and talked with them some more about it. The shop owners and some of their staff had tried it out. They thought it was a really good game. They just wanted, didn't think it was picking up yet, so they wanted to see more of that. So I just started playing at their shops, and I would just wander over to people and say, hey, would you like to try it out? <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. And, and that's exactly what this game needs right now, because a lot of people, I think your experience is very typical. Like People have heard of it, but they're, they're kind of waiting to see that community grow. And unfortunately, if everybody's just waiting to see that community grow, it's never going to grow. We, we we need more of these people like you who are taking the initiative to go out there and say, well, I want to see this grow, so I'm going to do something about it. Right. And that, that's why I love, love, love your story here and that you are willing to get out there and take that initiative. It's, it's really not that difficult because people, gamers in particular, are almost always willing to learn a new game. And something like this that's so simple to teach I think it is something that we need to be willing to to do more often. Right. So you demoed at a few stores. Mm-hmm. What what happened after that? Well, some of the demos, um, there wasn't like a draw of people sometimes. Okay. So I, to me, I'm like, you know, I'm going to try and sweeten the deal a little bit here. So I actually went to Toys R Us when they were selling stuff off at like 40% off. And I bought some really cheap booster packs okay. for a couple bucks. And I got maybe like 10 or 20 of them. And I just, when I went and actually did another demo, I invited people to play. And at first they were kind of like, eh, no, no, no. And then I was like, you know what? I'll throw in a free booster pack if you just give it a chance. (laughs) And that drew them in and they sat down. Absolutely. And after they played it, they loved it. They loved the game. Yeah. And then they were sitting there, of course, like, oh, where can I buy this at? You know, and I'm in the shop and they haven't even purchased it yet. Yeah. And I was like, well, hopefully we can get the shop here to pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's the idea. Um, And, and, And I mean... That, that's sometimes what all, all you have to do for shop owners is like if you if they see people are playing it in their store like that that's that's the reason they need to actually get out and purchase the product because if no one's right. playing it in their area they have no reason to stock it but once people right. are playing it and if you can see show them that people are playing it on a regular basis then they, they have a reason to stock it in their store. And, and I mean, and essentially that's what has ended up happening is that now they've a couple of the shops around here that I've been going to demo at have all purchased starter packs and boosters and even like a couple play mats at one of them. Nice. And um, cause they've, they've decided that this is good. Um, mm-hmm. I just had a learn to play that we did, um, which one of the Midwest reps, Tim, he actually came up for, um, which he has been, he's been great in helping me organize some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, he came up for that and we had over 20 people show up. The whole shop was packed. That That's fantastic. I, I mean, typically uh, with a learn to play like that, I mean, if you, if you get 10, you're doing well. So to hear that you guys managed to get 20 or more than 20 people in there, just for a learn to play event, not even like a full fledged tournament or anything that Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. And I think, you know, origins actually had just happened the weekend before. Mm -hmm. So that really kind of helped to pick it up. Yeah. I think in that area in in the Ohio area, there is 
blossoming very well right now. So you have demos, you have learn to plays. What else have you tried? Well, since we've done some of the learn to plays and we've done the demos, there are there's one shop who's going to be doing weekly tournaments starting in July. Okay. And that's Frogtown Hobbies. And then we have Checkmate Games that's also up here in Toledo that is also decided to pick it up for a weekly event. Um, so we're just waiting for them to schedule them. Okay. So that's started. And then I've decided that because I've heard so much from people saying that they love this because they can do it with their kids, um, I decided to start a junior league. Wow. And that's going to start July 7th at Frogtown uh, Hobbies. Okay, so, so that's and we're gonna, at one of the game stores. Yes. Okay. Um, I actually had to do it at one of the game stores. I was looking into maybe doing it as an after-school program or during the summer school program, but apparently um, I've been told that you have to have an educator's license to be on the <laughs> premises, so I couldn't do it. Oh, but that, um, yeah. I had to go okay. a different route. So yeah. much red tape for that. So one of the shops has picked it up for, and they love the idea. Some of their staff have kids, and they all want to play. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a learn to play event on July 7th where everyone, every kid who comes in is going to get their own kind of a pre-constructed starter deck to take home. We're also going to have some door prizes that they could potentially win as a kind of a big kickoff for it. Yeah. And then twice a month we'll meet up for just the kids to, to play against other kids. So, so uh, this, this uh, junior league, but like when they meet up twice a month, is that running, on like the same day as as the other Lightseeker stuff at the store, or is it going to be like um, they opposite, are doing or? it? It's going to be it's going to be before they do the tournaments. Okay, um, their weekly tournament thing. So from it's going to be from one to three, and then their tournaments are from like four to six or something like that. Sure. Um, I'm hoping that at some point we can actually even do kids tournaments like before those tournaments. Yeah. So just the kids can play together. I mean, um, as I, soon I guess, as you get enough kids in there, definitely. Yeah, and I guess that, you know, when I I did Magic the Gathering and I did local tournaments, I also kind of felt that I kind of felt bad when I saw some eight-year-old kid getting pummeled by by an Mm -hmm. adult during a um, a Magic the Gathering tournament. So I always felt that kids' leagues would always be great for kids to just play against other kids. Yeah, and and that's something I I have actually seen requests for within the Lightseekers community. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how this turns out and and how it plays out like it sounds like you have a great setup for it uh it, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how many people show up but i i hope that in the future this is something that could be replicated so i i, I hope you're keeping good notes on this so oh, we, yeah. can, we can share all the information <laughs> with everybody else i'm glad to hear that you're i mean like i said taking so much initiative on this i actually think it's a really fun game i think that it's it's accessible to so many people people from all age ranges can pick this up even if they've never played a tcg in their life Mm -hmm. and just being able to play other people it's it's just fun and you know and i know kids enjoy this sort of thing too so i'd like to get people together and i mean currently for my my learn to play i have about 14 to 16 kids already signed up so wow yeah that's impressive (laughs) so if someone did want to kind of well let's break this up in two sections so first, I guess, let's just go with the adults. If someone okay. wanted to do a demo in their local store, mm-hmm. what kind of advice can you give them? What, what's kind of the first step maybe they should take? The first step, you should probably just um, contact the store, find out if they're even kind of 
thinking about it, willing to have ever heard of it, willing to let you come in and do a demonstration. Um, there's a couple shops that were straight out told me no way they were picking it up. So, I mean, that's, it would yeah. be kind of a waste for me to go over there and try and lure them into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I focus on the shops that are, you know, are more than happy to listen to it, you know, or learn about it. Sure. And then when you go in there, you know, don't be afraid to just walk up to random people playing other games and be, you know, ask them if they want to come try it out. Cause um, those are the people they're, they'll be interested. So, you know, a lot of times. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think that's something worth noting too, is like, even if the, the first shop you contact just says no, flat out, no, don't stop there. Like right. th- there are going to be those people out there who just don't want to be, you know, the, the, the early adopters, like they, they want to wait and see, like eventually I bet if you go back to that store in a year, they're probably going to be carrying it because Lightseekers, the way it's picking up steam right now, everybody's going to want to carry it eventually. It's going to be one I of those agree. games. So, and I guess that's what I figure too, is that, you know, I've got these two shops that are real interested. Mm-hmm check them out. And I said, you know, I kept telling myself, you know, over time, the other shops will pick it up when they see how well, how well it does. Yeah. So that, that's good there. Then kind of on the, the, the junior side of things here, mm-hmm. if someone's looking to start up a league, like I, I can see there being maybe more complications with this with, cause it's not just the 25 year old driving himself to the game store so you, mm-hmm. like you have to coordinate with this with parents and everything and parents have to be on board if the kids want to play. So right. ha- have have you seen I mean you, you already have a bunch of people signed up but was it tough to convince parents or get people to sign up for the, the junior league then? Well, I guess that it wasn't too difficult in a way because when I was at the demos at these shops there's parents there. There was kids there, you know, who were just watching their parents play games. Okay. So it wasn't necessarily too hard to ask them if they'd be interested um, because they're already going to games. They're already interested in that kind of stuff. And once the kids kind of see what was going on, they got to try out the decks and stuff. They they liked it. And because the parents liked the gaming, it kind of just, they were more than willing to try and check it out. So Okay. So, yeah, it, it kind of grew out of the environment that you were in where the, the the families were already there and so yep. it worked out well that that's good to hear <laughs> any other advice though you, that you might have for for starting up a junior league any any particular hurdles you had to overcome um other than just trying to find the location that was um probably the the one i had to kind of search for because i was trying to do it more for a school because then i thought you know all you know it'd be something for them to do during the summer yeah. you know break and after school and, that's where the but, kids um, are so yeah <laughs> And it just didn't, that just didn't pan out. So I just had to go through other channels to try and find something. So that was probably about the most difficult part yeah. of it. Yeah. I Like, I, I know we, our mutual friend Lance, who I had on the show a few times already, like, he's got his thing going at the library and the community centers and that type of thing where, mm-hmm. once again, where the kids are. But that that's kind of set up as, as a nonprofit type of thing. So um, right. as opposed to the school, which obviously they have other rules so right um something to keep in mind but there there are options out there and it's good to see that even game stores are open to this kind of kind of thing yes all right when you're playing light seekers do you personally have a favorite order i actually have a few i've tried to dabble in kind of all the decks i haven't really struck a chord with the um tech deck okay. just yet 
However, I, I do like some of the multicolor aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, the only straight color deck I have is a blue one. Um, but otherwise, it is a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Storm's, Storm's pretty interesting. So I have that one as a solid deck. But the um, my favorite right now is a, a dread and nature deck. I kind of call it a chain reaction deck because they seem to work really well as for creating this kind of chain of events <laughs> that happen. Sure. Um, so that one's my favorite at the moment, but yeah, I just haven't, I have kind of messed with, um, yeah, um, astral. My kids love astral. Um, I found that a lot of kids seem to like astral, Interesting. which that, is really interesting. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. was my next question is, have you seen any, any patterns with what the kids like? And yeah, um, yep. I've seen a lot of astral decks from that, some of the kids. So, okay. So I, I, I don't know how much astral you've played or how much you've dug into all the different cards that you can add into it. But I mean, it, 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 for me, it's one of the most difficult to play because it, it often relies on, you know, what, what's on top of the discard pile. And so that's a, that extra thing you have to keep in mind. So do you see the mm-hmm. kids like playing that to its maximum potential or are, are, are they kind of just having fun playing with like you would other, any other deck and just a lot of, you know, attack and defense? Well, my, my two girls, for example, love the astral deck. Mm-hmm. And they actually both pay attention to okay. what is going on in their discard pile. One of them, she's a little younger. She likes to to kind of just go with it and just lay whatever card she can sometimes. Sure. Um, but she does pay attention to what the last card was in her deck. So sometimes she doesn't utilize it all the time, but she she does pay attention to it. The elder, my older one, she she knows exactly what she's doing. She <laughs> strategizes it out. <laughs> I so like to see that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, so even the kids can pick up on on what I would consider more complex mechanics like that. So that's good to see. Yep. I've seen. Yeah. It's. I think the most has just been astral. I've seen one other that was in um, a tech deck, and then I had a. I had taught a girl how to play my blue deck, um, and then I let her kind of borrow it for the evening, and she did really well with that as well. She figured out the little reactions with that too. So yeah, they get they get into some of the strategy. That that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. We, I mean, if we can get the next generation on board, I mean, honestly, I think that's kind of what happened with games like Pokemon, right? My generation just saw the anime, collected them as kids, and you know, maybe played a little bit, but more often than not, when, when the the kids I went to school with, at least, didn't actually play the game that much. They they wanted to collect the cards because they knew all the characters on the cards, and so. When they grew up, though, they learn how to play the game more, and now that's that's what keeps people playing. It's it, it's because they grew up with it, and then right. they they play it ten twenty years later. And I think it, if we can get these kids hooked now, that can bring the game along for the next you know who knows how long. Oh yeah, most definitely, and and it's great also. Just as I mean, as if you want to talk even from a learning standpoint, it it teaches them critical thinking, it teaches them how to strategize. And, um, it also can help with, you know, the fact of when winning and losing acceptance. Yes. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sportsmanship is is something that can be difficult to teach, but at the same time, I I think a lot of it is when you get into the one V one situation, like that's probably the best place to do it because there's always going to be one winner and one loser. Right. And that's just how it goes. Uh, that that's that's a very good point, especially when you're talking about a junior league like this. It's yep. uh, something and another 
selling point, I guess, for parents if, if they need that little extra push. Like it's, yeah. it's nice because kids might not realize that they're learning that, but it, it kind of comes naturally with the territory. Correct. All right. Uh, any last bits of advice or words of wisdom that you want to provide to anybody else out there? I would say just have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you know me. when people see you having fun, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and they can you know come over and join in on the fun, then it it really just takes off. Beautiful. So if anyone would want to get a hold of you to talk more light seekers or how to start a league or whatever the case may be, where's the best place to get hold of you? Well, I am on Facebook. I have a group for light seekers and it's light seekers NWOH because I live in Northwest Ohio. <laughs> and then I also have an email. It's light seekers NWOH at gmail.com. All right. Sounds good. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It's been a blast. I've learned a lot actually about how these things work and different uh, strategies you can take to get people interested in this game. I will, I will be sure to have your contact information in the show notes, as well as uh, links to the game stores that you mentioned. If anybody wants to check out the events that are going on there, but otherwise I think that's about it. So right, thanks well, for taking Thank you time. very much for inviting. And thank you very much for inviting me, Matt. My pleasure. And there you have it. Another success story from another wonderful light seekers visionary. The show notes for this episode can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 036. That's deliverycrab.com slash 036. There you'll be able to find links to things like the Visionary Program, so you can become a visionary just like Alicia and myself. We'll also have links to the game store she mentioned, Frogtown Hobbies, and Checkmate Games, as well as all the contact information for Alicia personally. As we talked about in last week's episode, there are a lot of tournaments coming up just about every week from now until Nationals, including the first two Delivery Crab tournaments. So if you're looking to get in some competitive Light Seekers play, now is the time. That's all I have for now. So until next week, it's time for me to make some more deliveries. <laughs>